What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today, we sit down with Mark Romera, founder of Spimby, and they specialize in outdoor playsets for kids. So his mission is to bring more happiness and joy uh, to kids and help them get outdoors and enjoy that play uh, that we were all used to as kids. So we dive right into it. We get to his background. You know, he talks about some of the prior experience in sales and marketing and, and you know, all of his uh, prior work history kind of led him perfectly to run a company like Spimby. So we go into his background, how he got to where he is today. Um, and then we talk about if this was his first business idea for his venture as an entrepreneur, how he kind of found this niche because it is a, a very niche business, but one that is also highly sought after. Uh, and he talks about how COVID kind of affected that both positively and negatively, you know, with uh, lockdowns, people working from home, but still needing to be outside and play and try to keep as normal of a routine as possible during the pandemic. Um, so this was a very fun conversation. He had a lot of different insights from an entrepreneurial and uh, kind of delegating role as well, which we've talked with a lot of entrepreneurs about delegation, uh, communication, and he really touched on how he created a really good culture that was the most conducive for his business uh, with that company. So Tim, what do you think about our conversation with Mark today? Yeah, I, I loved it. Obviously, like when you drive around town, like you, you see play sets all the time at, at houses, at schools, everywhere. You're like, how did they get there? And like, what was the process of, of doing that? So yeah, it was cool to, right. s to talk to someone who specializes in that and who runs a global company. Like he sits in Netherlands, they do business in America, they do business he said multiple in, countries. In Europe, yeah. Europe, so, yeah. yeah, logistically, they're centrally located where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. So they're pretty much everywhere. And yeah, he Mark was a guy that worked in corporate sales and marketing. And um, this is his first business that he's launched. So I thought it was kind of cool hearing his transition to that, what he's learned through that process. Kind of um, seemed like it was a pretty smooth process. But at the same time, there were obstacles to overcome and less, lessons to learn. So you, you'll learn about those. And then um, we obviously talked to him about like what the process is like for like consumers and buyers and like buying this from him and like how, how they get it to their house and um, we talk about the, like the supply chain aspect but we we even get deeper about like technology and its impact on kids and like how being outside and like playing and like engaging in, in outdoor activities and like interacting with other people how it kind of intertwines with the digital um, mm -hmm. landscape that's kind of in front of us right now um, as well as just like in terms of like lessons as a leader too, like how to approach things from a mental aspect, um, how to manage your time. Uh, we ask him how running a business has positively, positively impact other areas of his life. Um, I just thought, I mean, obviously all the leadership lessons were there, but kind of combining that into such a unique space, I thought um, this was a really cool interview. And um, I know we had a good time. I know you had a good time. 100%. Um, a lot yeah, of good he'll questions. Be and yeah, I think I definitely see a, a round two with this one. So. Um, I know you guys are going to enjoy this. It's a unique one, um, regardless if you're starting a business, if you're trying to become a better leader. This this episode's for everybody. So without further ado, episode 184, Mark Romero. So maybe to kick things off, uh, you know, for our listeners, introduce yourself, quick background, kind of how you got to where you are today, and we'll dive into the weeds as we progress. 
Yeah, for sure. Thank you for, uh, for having me today. Uh, so my name is Mark. I'm CEO, founder, one of the founders of, uh, of Spimby, uh, a playset uh, company, which is uh, basically bringing um, outdoor play back to parents and kids uh, these days. Um, my background lies in, in multiple uh, experiences in terms of sales and marketing operations, um, and also looking to be uh, my own entrepreneur, so being my own boss, which is has which has been basically an ambition of yeah the last ten years, and looking to what type of business um, uh, yeah I could launch, and yeah reminiscing to my youth, looking to the development of my own son growing up, getting older, uh, looking to his friends um, around him, and also family. I believe there is a need of more connection, interpersonal connection, uh, and also um, yeah, engagement with others physically um, and running around, playing, having fun outside, um, which I believe uh, a lot of kids these days don't have necessarily uh, as much uh, as, as um, yeah, in, in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and together with the experience what I have had in the past and also have been working for a playset manufacturer, I was thinking, how can I combine uh, that gap in the world with my experience? And yeah, started thinking about the idea, what about launching a cool new brand where we can create happy moments for kids, letting them run around, having fun, getting in touch with other friends and, and uh, family members, um, and to develop them uh, next to all the screen time and the digital developments of, of this age, of course, which is also good, but I think you have to have a balance in that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then the idea originated to um, yeah, develop, produce, design, and sell uh, wooden playsets uh, so they can enjoy themselves uh, in, yeah, in the safe backyard from their own homes. Right. Very nice. And you said how your uh, your love for entrepreneurship is this the first business that you've formed, or did you have entrepreneurial experience in the past? Um, yeah, this is this is the first business uh, I've uh, I've launched. Okay. Um, I've had always um, yeah work with a lot of responsibility, having to manage a lot of aspects of business. So basically, I was working uh, as my own entrepreneur within a company. So with mm -hmm. all the responsibilities and all the challenges um, and yeah, I, I always felt there was something missing and I wanted to start something of my own, uh, having something which yeah, you own by yourself and, and you can make your own decisions about uh, based on your vision. So mm -hmm. this, this is the first business ever. Uh, okay. Very excited about it. Um, it's a roller coaster. It's very cool. Uh, and I'm um, yeah very excited to see how we can grow the business in the coming mm -hmm. years and, and mm -hmm. what type of other challenges and ideas and projects will come out of it uh, because we have a lot of ideas, uh, but we cannot do everything at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I like that when you kind of explain the concept of the idea, you explain the why behind it and talking about kids, interacting with other kids, getting exercise, getting outside. So it sounds like you've, you've definitely got the, the why behind it. Um, I want to ask like when you first like formed the idea for this and like formed just kind of the, the vision for it, was this while you were working for a company and um, 
did you spend a lot of time like form this idea while you're working at the company or did you leave the company and then start working on it? How did the timeline kind of uh, mix together yeah, there? So, so, so basically I already left uh, my last company, uh, okay. but the idea of development of children yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit older. It's it's basically when when I have seen growing up my kid, my my son is at the moment uh, almost eighteen years old, and I've seen him in, uh, developing in in different phases and interacting with friends and with with family. It it, it struck me that um, the generations now are very digitally minded, yeah, which is also good. I, I don't want to condemn it, but you see less and less people going out and, and get to know each other physically and, and interact and, and face fears and, and, and conquer those fears uh, by themselves instead of the safe um, yeah, screen gratification, what you get when you swipe through Instagram and, oh, I click away and there's nothing uh, happening anymore. But I felt in that development, there's missing the fact that when you, interact with a human being you you need to be aware of the, um, the 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 possible critics you're going to get and how you're going to deal with those critics or or people who are not responding or acting like you would like and if you don't learn that in the real life by experiencing experiencing that uh, i think it's going to be very difficult for our youngsters to to enter into the big world mm-hmm. so that idea uh, was already in my mind for a couple of years and then I thought okay with that idea and my ambition and the experience I've had over the last years how can I combine that and then mm-hmm. uh, the idea originated yeah yeah you make a good point there because obviously like the communication aspect we Colin and I have talked on our show a lot about like emotional intelligence and nonverbal cues and just feel like with like social media and when you're not like interfacing with someone directly, you miss almost like ha- half the meaning behind their message to you. Exactly. Um, Cause yeah. And I feel like, you, I mean, that comes with influence and being able to pick up on nonverbal cues and yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point there with that. So. Yeah. I think, I think there needs to be um, a combination, a healthy combination between the both huh? between the digital world and the offline world. Uh, because digital will always be there. So you also need to be um, yeah, understanding how that works and, and the dynamics of that. But you also need the dynamics of yeah, real human beings yeah, because they, they have their own thoughts, they have their own actions and you cannot anticipate how, how they will react on you. So if you have um, yeah, the, the, the physical... Um, engagement with with a human being with another person with your brother sister or a friend or a stranger yeah then then you need to be able to pick up those non-verbal signs as you also mentioned mm-hmm. and that's not it's and that's even difficult for people who are used to 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 more personal uh, contact and right. let alone for people who are not having that much of uh, <laughs> interpersonal contact yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and so, Mark, with I know you said we need a combination of digital and in-person. Uh, with your business, how do you go about, um, for lack of a better word, kind of competing against digital in terms of uh, capturing the attention of kids to go outside, get off the screens, off the tablets? Uh, because 
you know, you mentioned earlier, we kind of saw this shift where, you know, we were all used to riding our bikes in the neighborhood and you know where your friends are at because of all the bikes in the lawn and you just go over to their house, play outside all day. Um, how do you compete with the screen time and how addictive that can be uh, to draw kids more outside? That's a good question. Um, I don't feel competing with with digital, basically. I feel more it's like an um, um, additional to the, the screen uh, time play, but I think um, there will be less play with with digital only and it will be a combination and it's kind of addictive for example when you have such structure in your backyard it's it's higher than your fence and others in, in your neighborhood will see it and will see you play and will want to play together with you so i think it's like a uh, an action set in motion once the physical product is there and and kids are enjoying themselves other kids who want to play as well with them and um, then you get a snowball effect uh, kids going out more uh, kids enjoying themselves and getting less on on screen time and yeah when the weather is bad you can always play inside but when the sun shines and it's dry and even in the rain you can have fun playing around <laughs> and, and playing with with, with only uh, a muddy pool and, and making your shoes wet and your trousers wet by jumping in and having fun uh, with that. So competing, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily competing. And on top of that, we try to inspire uh, parents as well to give them a lot of blog posts and, and tips on how to be able to um, motivate your child even more to, to have small uh, play ideas for for your playset, or just go outside and enjoy, mm. as as we did in the, in the past. Right. What are what are some of those tips in those posts where you try to encourage parents to to motivate their kids? Is there anything specific uh, that you you have found kind of works with parents to kids to get them outside more? Yeah, it's 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 it's, just, it's a small things. What 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 I mentioned about. Um, just giving them, them the ideas about what type of play you can do, yeah, mm. get them out there, get a soccer ball uh, and, and play with a soccer ball around the play set or uh, a tab or um, all. It, it's, it's about the smaller things in life, which, which you can um, uh, do with, with, with play outside mm, and sure. uh, invite friends over and get them to play, uh, play together, have fun. Um, making drawings outside making challenges outside um yeah which which you uh, can find on the on the website in the blog post mm -hmm. so it's, yeah. it's a variety of of things people can do mm -hmm. to get them outside uh, the challenge will always be to get your child off of the couch and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the screen i've yeah. experienced it myself but i yeah. think having a structure like like a playset uh, in your backyard is already telling them, hey, please get outside. Yeah. I'm waiting for you. Play with me. Mm -hmm. uh, climb on me, slide, and whatever. I want to have fun. Yeah. Or like just kind of intermix like other activities with the playset. Like if, if your children have homework, tell them to go do homework on the playset. Or if they're reading a book, tell them to go read their book on the playset. Just other stuff as well. Yeah, just that get would outside. be a possibility as well. We I recently saw an image of a customer. Uh, sharing their playset which they have installed 
Um, and we have, a, a, for example, a place that wears a nice hut with a cool roof on top of it. And I saw in, in their post here that they had already added some chairs, so some children chairs in the hut. So hmm. I can imagine that if yeah. you have something uh, to read, you can uh, go yeah. in, in the safe environment of the hut and start reading whatever you have to do. Or if you put a little table inside as well, start drawing uh, or, or start learning there as well. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a good idea mm-hmm. and i feel like it's like habits too because i'm not sure like the exact like chemical reaction that happens when you when you get exposed to vitamin d but i feel like it's all about consistency right like if i mean if you have like a schedule or like have a frequency you go outside like when you're not outside you're eventually gonna like not crave or like be addicted to the, to the sunlight or at least that's the case for me like i feel like i i got outside enough where I mean, after a while, like if I'm not there, like my body is physically telling me like, Hey, you need to go outside. So I think it's just like instilling the habit. Right. And it sounds like your, uh, your play sets, like you said, it's not competing with technology, but it's at least giving people another option and another outlet to do something else as well. So yeah, I I like where your uh, vision is. Do you think there's a way to combine, uh, where the digital and the outdoor play is a little more synergistic where it's get up off the couch to go do that. Um, do you think there's a, a future in that or somehow to integrate the two? Um, yeah, for sure. There, there are possibilities to, to look to how you can uh, combine the digital with uh, the physical product yeah, where, where you can, for example, run around with your phone or your tablet and having small uh, play um, challenges combined with your playset, and that the app tells you to do something and to solve a puzzle or so, so some basic elements which, which you can do. Um, and for that, you need to develop this, the software to be able to, uh, to provide this. And this might be something where we can integrate in the future. It's not planned for now, uh, but yeah. That's that's uh, for sure a possibility. What you can do, you can play around with augmented reality, or keep it simple with with small uh, puzzles. As I said, uh, you have a QR code somewhere on on the playset, and it's a specific challenge in the app you have. Um, there, be pretty I cool. I think there 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 would be a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and are you guys working on on that type of software? Sounds like you've thought about something like this already a little bit. Yeah, well, we have a lot of ideas, but we're looking mm-hmm. to yeah, what is uh, what is important for our mission at the moment and our vision, and and that's creating happiness and and getting the children out and build unforgettable memories. And digital is a part of that as well, but the physical product is is our main focus. And next to that, um, our, our yeah, vision is to have. The, the possibility for, for parents to buy this product, even though they wouldn't have a big garden, a small garden um, where they have to put the, uh, a, big, a big place which wouldn't fit and they weren't able to buy it. We created modular playsets which are built out of several components. So if you would have a small garden, you can deattach the swing and you put it in a different angle and you have the possibility to put it in the, in the garden. So mm. the accessibility of the product is, is a very important part of our vision to, to, to make it access on a global scale, but also for bigger and smaller uh, backyards. And another aspect is we want to be even more ecologically uh, sustainable 
where we are looking to um, have biodegradable plastics in our accessories to get less um, waste in, in the environment. Um, so that's, that's one of our biggest focus points as well to dive into that. How can we create plastic? What endures, eh? endures to play is safe mm. enough as well for playing because that's our number one priority because we're um, talking to kids and then they, they have to play with our product and we don't want to buy uh, to sell any unsafe products. So the wood is, is 100% safe, the plastics as well. And yeah, when looking to how to develop a product in plastic, which is biodegradable after, I don't know, 15 years or something like that, and it gets back to nature, yeah, that would be wonderful if we could create something like that. And that's where we're spending money and researching to, to see uh, how can we realize that in, in the next couple of years. At the moment, there's not a solution. There are a lot of plastic suppliers, for, uh, biopolymers, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, you have to have a sustainable product uh, where you can play a longer time with. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's the challenge. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea, though, being able to have it um, kind of degrade on its own and it's it's safe for everything. It's not just going to some landfill and it's, you know, it's not just yeah. waste. You know, it, no, exactly. it will yeah, do something with itself. Yeah, it will be, would, uh, it will be beautiful to see if the, 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 the plastic yeah, would be degraded after, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah, the, the children have grown out of it and then it goes back into nature and you go and grow back a tree, I don't know, or, yeah, right. or plants or whatever, or it's fertilizer yeah. or whatever, but, but not being waste and, and damaging our nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did, um, how did COVID affect the business? I feel like, I think because, uh, you know, we were forcing doors or people did a lot more outdoor things that hopefully you guys saw a little spike in business with COVID. What was that like? Um, with the pandemic and things. Yeah, COVID has, has had several effects on the business, um, both good and, and less good um, uh, effects. The, the, the lesser um, part was the fact that we were told by experts that um, yeah, the, the logistical situation on the global scale uh, would be improved in the beginning of this year. And there's a lot of, uh, impact negative impact uh, being done globally uh, due to GoFit. Yeah? So the whole supply chain around the globe, if you look to availability, availability at factories, for example, factory employers are being sick, they cannot produce. So the output of a product uh, of a factory is less high. Uh, you have to wait longer before you get your products. Mm -hmm. And then the delivery from the factory to the port where it's being shipped out to the different uh, continents. Uh, there are less truck drivers because they're sick. There are lockdowns, poor personnel being sick. So the whole supply chain is affected. And it's not only seen in our industry, it's all around the globe, all specific industries, they're being affected by, by COVID. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of delays. Even if you want to buy a car these days, you have to wait for two years for, for a new car. It's crazy. It's, it's incredible. Um, my son wanted to buy um, a new laptop, but the price tripled because the, the, the video card got so expensive due to the fact there were less and less uh, chips available because everybody's at home, working at home. They need, yeah. they need hardware. 
so they can do their jobs. Um, but don't, that hardware, yeah, needs chips. So the whole chip industry has an issue as well. So looking to that, um, COVID had a, had a, a, a huge impact uh, on the business. But on the other side, uh, COVID had a really good impact as well because people are being at home. They have to stay at home because their, their company has a lockdown. They cannot go outside or they're sick. Uh, their children need to be at home as well. And now they need to manage and their jobs and their kids at the same time. And they are looking for um, for solutions to, to, to manage that because that's something new for them. So mm-hmm. the last years were very challenging for, for everybody around the globe and, and also parents looking to how can I distract my kid? Okay, here you have a tablet. Uh, go look at it for 10 hours straight uh, <laughs> and then I can do my job. Um, so people are also looking to, okay, how can I find something to entertain my kids with um, but in a safe environment. And then you see that uh, um, the demand for, for example, play sets um, has grown as well, uh, thanks to COVID, yeah? because of people staying at home, looking for entertainment, um, but also in a safe environment in the backyard, you put the place in the backyard and you have your children entertained for a couple of hours, additionally, mm-hmm. next to, to, the, to the screen uh, time, of course. So yeah, sure. good. And, and their pets. And I think the, the logistical side is getting better and better now. And for example, for our business, we see um, a lot of uh, containers now entering at the ports all together. Uh, to give you an idea, we had uh, produced in December, sent in the beginning of January containers with our product to the US and to Europe. And the, the, the months after, uh, we also additionally produced new batches of products uh, to be shipped to both continents. The last containers, which we have ordered a few, uh, what is it? I think a month ago, month and a half, I don't know exactly, but these containers are arriving at the same time with the very first containers we've ordered at the beginning of January. Mm. And, And this is... This is the frustrating part about it because we've promised our, our uh, customers to receive their, their goods in a specific period of time. We produce everything in time. We made sure everything was even way before Chinese New Year available. So we, we, we wouldn't be in the rush and on time. And then you give it to the carriers and ships and you cannot do anything about yeah. it. You don't have control over those ships. And they sail and they sail and then they sail back and forth and back and forth. And then you think, okay, they're at the port. And then you see there are like 30 other sea container ships waiting at the port for Los Angeles, waiting there and waiting there and not moving. And and that's frustrating because, yeah, you've promised something. You want to make those kids happy, but you cannot. You you, you know the product is on on that ship, but you have to wait. Um, And now luckily... That situation has improved. You see that the, the ships are, are improving. Um, and now we're getting all those products all together at the same time. And we've started delivering the last few weeks already. And you see the products getting out there and people are getting happy. So yeah, that, that's cool. So this is a sign that the situation is improving. Um, uh, yeah. Good, good, good. 
What is your typical lead time when someone orders a product? How long, you know, on a good day, no, no COVID shipment scenarios. Yeah. Good day. For example, if you look now what we have, we have a lot of products in, in, uh, in the warehouses, depending on the country where you live in the continent, uh, ranging between one to four weeks. Um, if, if it's near the port, near the warehouse where we have uh, the, the inventory, yeah, then, then it can be a couple of days. Uh, but if you live, for example, in the northern part of Canada, yeah, it can take uh, something uh, a bit longer, uh, somewhere between one to four weeks. Um, and yeah, we try to rush it up as, as much as possible, prioritize shipments. Um, but in a normal situation, you can count uh, between one to four weeks. Okay. And so I take it you guys have, you use a uh, third-party logistics company. You guys have yeah. someone that does all that. What is that process like? Um, because, you know, if we're just looking at hiring a 3PL in, in America, you know, you want something centrally located. They have all the routes. When you're going to other countries, you're crossing the ocean, things like that. How much different is that process of finding the right logistics company take us through that um do you have to talk to a lot of different ones you find one pretty quick no in the in the beginning um you can keep it as central as possible um then you reach out to the bigger carriers in um, in both continents um you you have to talk to 3pl so to the warehousing where you you, you want to have your stock um when the products are being delivered from the port yeah, to the specific warehouse uh, and um in europe basically it's the same you, you look to a central point where's the where's the port which you can use and then uh you you choose the best possible option for warehousing and from there uh, being able to distribute the products in the final mile delivery to the customer um and since we're, we're in the phase of building our business, um, we can do that from a central point. But as our business is going to grow in the coming years, which is our vision, of course, um, then we're looking to have multiple warehouses across, for example, the United States and multiple warehouses across uh, Europe to be able to, to, to reduce the time for delivery to the customer. And instead of having one to four weeks, we might be able to say then uh, two weeks because we're in that specific country and we know the mm. lead times from that country, from their specific warehouse are less long. And uh, yeah, having the contact, it's, it's basically reaching out uh, to them um, and making sure uh, they understand the product, know what to do, set up the business, set up the process. Um, as soon as the product receive from the, the ports to the warehouse that the products are being handled directly. So basically uh, the products are already sold, uh, bought by the customer. They arrive at the warehouse and um, they are basically packed within a few days for the customer. And then they are being uh, shipped by the road carriers for final delivery to, uh, to the customer. Yeah. What a process. <laughs> So many yeah, moving it's, parts. It's 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 so many moving parts, and you have to to manage a lot of um, parties along the line in the whole logistic um, uh, chain. Uh, it's 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 a cool process to see. Uh, and if um, yeah, the, the the COVID situation wouldn't have hit the global situation that hard, 
um, yeah, it would have been uh, much quicker at the, at the beginning of our company, of, uh, of course. Uh, and luckily now we see there's um, a development that it's getting better and better. Uh, and yeah, even though it's getting better and better, it's out of your control still. Mm -hmm. uh, but the suppliers are getting used to you, getting used to your product. So you know uh, what you can expect from them and what they uh, can provide for you. And then, yeah, it's, it's a matter of yeah, getting to, to know each other better and um, understanding each other's business as best as possible. Always looking to the... Um, uh, to the end goal and that's sending the product as quick as possible and undamaged uh, to our customers so their kids can have uh, happy moments yeah mm -hmm. yeah okay and i kind of have a two-part question so the customers that you talk about do you primarily work with families and residential or do you also work with like schools or uh, kind of bigger entities no our focus at the moment is only for families so it's okay. for residential use Maybe in the future we can focus as well on uh, on, on public uh, commercial playgrounds, mm -hmm. um, but um, that that's that's a step ahead. We mm -hmm. first want to 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 yeah. uh, improve in the residential area and provide the place that's uh, uh, yeah for your backyard. For yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And then uh, you might have already answered this, but what does the buying process look like for a family? Like when when your family say someone on our show is listening in wants to purchase from you. Do they like go to your website and do they have like multiple options of designs? Do they like speak with someone from your company and they kind of consult them on ideal layout? What does that process look like? And how much options do people have, I guess? Yeah. Um, the process is pretty straightforward. We have uh, tried to make it as simple as possible um, in the design of the product, but also in the, um, in the facilitation of information for the customer on our website. We know there are a lot of products out there, uh, playset manufacturers who have, for example, playsets which consist out of thousands of parts, uh, bolts, nuts, screws, wooden parts. It's, it's, it's a lot of work to put those products together. Um, yeah, for some products, you even need two assembly guys working two full days to be able to uh, assemble mm -hmm. that playset. And uh, on top of that, we have seen that the, the world needs a different design. There are always the same colors, always the same design structures, and we wanted to have something new uh, in terms of colors. So we designed colors which are um, fitting more into the modern households. Uh, we we're looking to nice, soft pastel colors uh, on the tarps, and you can switch those tarps. So you have, uh, for example, a dark pink color on one side and a less dark pink on the other sides. And, and you can switch them easily with mm -hmm. the two-way snaps, which are on the tarps. Okay. Um, so, and the modular part where we have looked to different components of the playset, having a, a complete swing set mm -hmm. component, which is module, uh, a play deck component module, and uh, huts, which are also separate modules. Uh, you can combine those modules and you have a complete playset. Or you say, okay, I would like to put the, um, the swing set standalone and I want to have the deck in a different angle orientation in my backyard and you can play around with those modules as you like. And if you think, okay, I want to uh, attach those uh, modules uh, over in a half of year or you haven't bought the swing set, for example, you can 
go to the website and buy a swing set to attach to your play deck if you didn't mm. have okay. that already. So this is giving the, the customer flexibility in, right. in ordering, but also making the choice as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. We don't have hundreds of, of products. We, we have multiple combination possibilities, which we showcase on the website. So a customer can, for example, add the, the swing set to the play deck, or they can add a ramp additionally to the play deck uh, or a ramp and monkey bars. And we provide this information in, in uh, on the product pages where you have mm-hmm. switchers and you can click on them and you see how it changes in the That's product. Nice. Okay. And additionally, also the information together with, with the playset. And what can you expect when you buy a playset with a ramp and with monkey bars? Um, giving them tips, for example, also on how to extra style their playset with, with cutout designs for the tarps we provide with their playset. So they, yeah. they get templates uh, in dimensions and they can cut it out themselves. Um, yeah, and, and this yeah. provides the, the, the people the possibility to make their choices. Um, but also talking about the safety, about the wood, about the mm-hmm. color, uh, what you can expect uh, so they can make their decision properly. Um, so if people are looking for a playset which is durable, which is yeah, new in design uh, with, with cool colors, right? with the, uh, cool pastel colors and looking for easy and convenient assembly, and then Spimby is, is the brand to go with. Uh, yeah, that's that's where we want to to differentiate ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That product page is so huge because it's like this is such. I mean, for a lot of people, this is a pretty big purchase for them. Like, it's a pretty big investment. So yeah. I'm sure it's nice for them to see like the visual to see like, hey, like if I make this choice, what will it look like in my yard? Like, I'm sure I'm sure that's that's a, a that's a good part of the process for you. So like when when the playset actually gets delivered, does it like do you have a team already that you employ or like contract with that installs it? Or do people have the choice if they want to install it themselves or what's the installation process look like once the place has been delivered to the house? Yeah. Once it's delivered, um, it's, it's a do it yourself uh, okay. playset product. So um, we know assembly of a playset can be a tedious job. And, mm-hmm. and this is what I explained also. We have looked into the development of the product to be as simple as possible. So cut mm-hmm. out too many parts, um, but also making sure that in the assembly process, it is as easy as possible for the parents to do it. Uh, there are playset companies where you have to drill all the holes yourself into the wood. So imagine that you have to figure out, okay, how to put the pole, the bread, uh, where to, yeah. I don't know I'm, where I'm to already go. not buying that one. I, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to the next one. Yeah. I want puzzle pieces. Exactly. <laughs> so what we have been thinking about and doing already in the development is, okay, understanding the, the, the biggest frustrations of the customers and, and combining all that experience and knowledge in the, um, in the product. So we have said, okay, we want to have pre-drilled, uh, wood components so the customer only have to put the the, the beams uh, in the correct angle using you, you have the opposing holes and you put the the hardware through it so this reduces the amount of time to assemble the playset tremendously so if you're not that handy you can even assemble this playset uh, within a day uh, if you have an assembly um company who would do that for you they can have it done in half a day uh, mm-hmm. if, uh, by themselves uh, also 
we do not provide assembly at the moment, uh, but this is something we're looking at as well as an additional okay. service for our customers and uh, what we're working on. Uh, but until that time, the customers can do it quite easily with the manual we provide them. Uh-huh. Yeah, all pre-cut parts, they are all numbered. So, you know, okay, corresponding to the manual, this number goes there, it needs to be combined there. You have these screws which go in there. You don't have to drill it. And it's very easy to do by yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Sounds easier than Ikea. I hate putting together Ikea furniture. Yeah. It sounds sounds a whole lot easier. Yeah, and our products are are stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. There they we don't go. fall apart. So yeah. Yeah. you can in move it. Like, yeah, we, we don't want to be uh, yeah, we we um how do you say we we, we have different quality. Yeah, and okay. That's, that's because we're we're delivering products to kids and, and mm-hmm. that's yeah, one of the yeah, I'm a parent as well, and I don't want to have my kid um uh, hurt or whatever. And I don't want to have that either for other parents. So right. the, the, the quality is a very, very important aspect and the safety of it as well, uh, where we spend a lot of hours in, in, in development and then talking to the factories and having our quality and control director looking at, okay, how can we make sure they comply? And, and for example, in the United States, you have um, safety regulations for these types of products and all of our products comply to those governmental regulations and the same goes for Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise we won't put those products into production. And even in production, there's a, a very important quality process where we look to, to batches and we produce a batch, check it. And if we see an error in the production, then that batch goes away and we reproduce it up until we are hundred percent sure mm-hmm. these batches are correct um so okay. yeah that, that's very very important for us uh, yeah uh you mentioned before this your prior experience in sales and marketing i'm curious what you did before starting spinby for work uh i well basically i've had a lot of different kinds of jobs uh-huh. uh, and and as i mentioned earlier i grew to to jobs where i got a lot of responsibility um managing basically teams, sales teams. Uh, I even um, managed uh, to, to um, how do you say, um, create events like oh, sure. trade shows, like conferences, uh, but always in, in, in the back looking, okay, how can I um, create from an idea this concrete product and realize the final product? Uh, if it's a service, a service. If it's a product, a product. But managing, uh, yeah, the sales aspect, the, the communication yeah. aspect, the, the marketing aspect, but also the project management uh, aspect and and um, interdepartmental coordination, making sure every team works in the proper way and understands your vision and your goals. Um, so this this is basically, yeah, the story of my life always being the spider in the web and, mm-hmm. and managing all those uh, aspects. Um, and I love the fact that, that you can um, yeah, work with people. I always love that to, to do that um, also in, in, in my work. Um, but also the, the online aspect is very important for me. I saw yeah, the offline of an event, the trade show and, and the emerging um, power of, of digital as well of online 
And I wanted to combine those two. Um, and this is also something what we're doing with, with Spimby. And we created this, this, this simple, pure, fun brand with a physical offline product, but we're selling it on at this time online and together with the, the, the experience of, of online marketing and the vision of, okay, how can I reach as much as possible parents? Uh, what better way to do that online and, and use your uh, online experience, what I've done in the past as well. Um, yeah. And where, and what is also very important there is um, understanding your own strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I think that's, that's a very, very important part where uh, the team comes in play. Um, I want to, work with a team what's committed uh, understands the goal and, and feels what i feel i don't think that will always be possible but uh, creating an environment where people sense responsibility and commitment but also show the, the the ownership but can thrive in this environment where you as a as a, as a business owner can say okay i know my strengths i know my weaknesses i know i want to control everything but i also know I need to let go of some stuff. I need to delegate. And there is where the team comes in that, you know, okay, I have all A players in my team where I can rely on. When I say, okay, this is maybe not my best strength part. Maybe my colleague can take that part over because I know he or she loves to do it because he or she is passionate about that and, and get the best out of it. And yeah, that, that's a very important part of, of the whole business. Uh, my team is mm -hmm. so important and that my team knows where we want to go to that I can let go of several tasks where I know, okay, my other team members are stronger in that and, and can do it even better. Mm -hmm. yeah. I noticed that really is one common thing. Colin, that when we interview business owners, but they, they talk about is the fact of delegating mm -hmm. and, and knowing like what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I think that's the, the sign of a really good business owner. And I wanted to like, kind of, and that was going to be my question is like, is there anything specific that you had to let go and delegate to someone else or like anything that even like, whether it was when you were forming the business or even now, like, is there anything specific that you've had to hand off or anybody who's an expert in something else that you aren't? Yeah. For example, um, and in, in the logistical part, I have experience in, in logistics as well. I've not been trained in, in or educated in, in logistics, for example, in, in finding uh, the, the proper carriers, but I have done my fair share of work in that. So I know how, uh, for example, these suppliers operate. Um, and I also know uh, that it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of communication to, to get these partnerships running and have good stable relationships um and then i could do it and i know i will do it properly but it takes too much of my time and too much of my focus of other important stuff so then i say okay these these things i delegate to my um logistical director um because he or she is responsible for that and even though this person wouldn't have the exact experience I have with some of the, the countries, for example, in Europe or in the US, uh, I even had to, to, to let it go and to encourage this person to develop him or her um, in, the, in the way they, they feel at ease. And they start to see how uh, they can use 
um, and my my experience as well, where they can find it out themselves in in that safe environment, and get to the results we need as a company. Mm. So, for example, there is is one part uh, what, what I delegate to others, um, but also. I also like, for example, the fact working on, on websites and, and creating um, the whole website to, to have a, a very beautiful uh, presentation of the product we, uh, we provide. And I can spend hours and hours on, on, on creating that. And I also know uh, I can lose myself in that and <laughs> not, not looking to other stuff. So I, I have to say, okay, no, stop here. And there are other people who are also loving this and doing a great job on, on this. And then, uh, for example, give those responsibilities away to, um, to the other team members, because that's the, that's the danger in a startup. In the beginning, you have to do everything uh, yourself, uh, always together with your team members, of course. Um, but then slowly you have to hand over the, the tasks to other team members more and more and you have to have the trust uh, to be able to let that go and, and trust on them doing the job properly. And there's where, where communication is a very, very uh, important aspect that the team members know what, what your goal is, where you want to go to, and that you brief them properly, uh, communicate about it, and they, they do their job and yeah, give you the feedback you need so everything is done properly. Yeah. And of course, there are always challenges, but... That's, that's the part where you have to be flexible and uh, being able to, uh, to change when necessary and reprioritize uh, your focus. Um, and I think if you're not able to, to be flexible or able to, to adjust to situations, then I think you get stuck in that moment and you will not get out of it easily. Uh, so you will have to be always... Um, aware of those uh, dangers and yeah be mm. flexible have a flexible attitude know your strengths know your weaknesses and adjust to a challenge at hand and yeah i tend to to see no problems i always uh, see challenges and creative ways to to solve them uh, if i cannot solve them alone yeah then together with my team of course yeah that's awesome and sounds like your prior experiences kind of set you up perfectly to run this business. You've seen a lot of things. You've seen marketing and sales, logistics, websites, and all of that has kind of funneled nicely into Spimby. Um, is there anything that you've come across since starting Spimby that maybe was a newer challenge, something you hadn't seen in your prior experiences? Yeah, there there are numerous uh, things, aspects, which, which you don't, realize when when you're uh, working for an employer um yeah, for example looking to to the hiring part um yeah, well, when you look to um building your team yeah you have to take into account the specifics of, of hiring new people uh, how do you do that uh, what type of people do you need what 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 type of personality are you looking for uh, what fits to your brand and, and would, add, would be a proper advocate for your brand as well. Uh, so that's one of the challenges um, uh, I've been diving into as well. And I've spent a lot of time figuring out how, um, yeah, how to find the proper people uh, for our business. 
but also looking to other ideas we have. Um, now we're selling a lot of products online, of course, but I also want to look to how to get these products in stores. Mm. So this is also something completely new where we have uh, to find out how we can do that. And then you need to, to find the right people again, hiring mm-hmm. um, to, to, to be able to get those products as well in uh, physical stores and eh? big, big uh, box retailers around the globe. Um, but as long as you have the vision in mind where you want to go to, and you don't have too much experience in the specific field, and then I think it's very important to, to gather around uh, the people uh, who can consult you, who can help you, who can support you and um, execute it as well. Have you had a decent amount of uh, big topic Tim and I talk about on the show is having mentors in, in whatever aspects of life, business, personal, religious, whatever. Um, have you had a decent amount of mentors throughout your career and entrepreneurship journey uh, where they've kind of really helped you out, you know, avoid some of the landmines in business, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. in in, in several ways uh, I have had mentors. Uh, I think every job I've done has been a mentor. Hmm. Uh, every, every, um, how do you say boss has been a mentor as well in a good way. And in a bad way, you see things you, you like and you see things you don't like and you want to do it differently. So that's one thing. Another thing is um, educating myself because I think when you do not educate yourself and keep informing yourself about uh, developments around the world, uh, being business, being personal, whatever, being health, um, I think you 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 stand still in in your own development. So I'm always looking to waste. Okay, how can I learn more? I'm always eager to to get more information. Um, looking for example to 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 learning books uh, audible books or, or other types of books what i can listen to uh, because i don't have too much time to spend on only reading so try to combine the the, the quiet hours if there are any to to <laughs> listen to books um but also having mentors in terms of specific consultants um in specific areas where you think okay i'm not uh, I don't have any experience in that, uh, or I need uh, a second opinion about that. Then looking to what person could help you, um, consultants or mentors um, in, in, in finance, in funding, uh, but also in personal development, uh, how to become a, 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 a better me, for example, and looking to personal development, uh, mindset, looking to health how can I improve my health uh, as well? Because that's also a very important uh, thing. Um, I, I, I think for myself is, is yeah, having good health and, and, and live as long as possible and enjoy yeah. the things in life. So looking to those different kinds of, of um, yeah, information sources uh, is, is always uh, on my mind and doing it, um, getting mentorship about yeah how can you have a positive mindset and how can you um conquer your fears and become a better version of yourself and it's it's reflection self-reflection and and be honest to yourself and get out of your comfortable bubble and comfort zone and 
don't be afraid to to do something you've never done even though it scares the hell out of you but Mm -hmm. it makes you even feel better when you have done it and if you don't have if you didn't do it 100 all right who cares 80 percent is also good the next time you will get 90 percent. but you're learning you're getting better and better and better at it and if you see something is not belonging to your passion then you need to question yourself do i need to spend time on this specific thing yes or no and if it's a no then you have to let it go and then the, the 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 aspect comes okay of delegation or just not doing it because it slows you down and, and those are some uh, yeah. essential lessons for example from from mentoring on on mindset uh, part that's yeah, perfect um <clears throat> i was oh i had to rethink my question i lost it for a sec oh man it just left me i had one <laughs> it just left me act like I've done, yeah act like i've done this before um i guess i'll take over yeah, while you're yeah. thinking of that yeah, uh, i just wanted to like asking in terms of running a business um has it like positively impacted other areas of your life like are there anything that you can point to like obviously i mean you probably wear multiple hats and you probably have different roles in your life but yeah what are some of the lessons you've learned and how has it kind of impacted other areas of your life positively um the lessons i've learned is that um it's a lot of work to have your own business and there's there are a lot of responsibilities uh, also responsibilities you, you didn't realize before so there's a lot of work load coming to you um even though you think you knew you had to appreciate things in life you're you're appreciating even more uh, that that the most important asset in life is only one thing and that's time you only have specific limited time on on this earth and you need to spend that time as wise as possible and as good as possible as as you think you can you can do um so i really appreciate the 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 little things even more uh, in life because of the fact that yeah running your own business takes up a lot of your time and you have to find the balance between those to have balance time for for work doing your work properly but also um living your life enjoying your life enjoying your family having fun in life because your life's short and Mm-hmm. enjoy the hell out of it so this Definitely. is a very important lesson and finding the balance is not always um easy especially uh, for for example in this specific moment where we are fulfilling a lot of products at the same time so you have to sacrifice a lot of your time uh, which I, I love to do because we can uh, fulfill and, and deliver the products but then you find you have to 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 regroup yourself again and find the moment to find those um, yeah, moments to, to enjoy again, the, the, the time off, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's a great point. Yeah. What you said about one of the best assets is time. And I would say like probably equally important, maybe number two is your brain and the thoughts you put into it. Cause obviously you have to have the, uh, the mental fortitude to, uh, maximize that time and do the things that you're doing well. So yeah, that's a great yeah. point. I appreciate you highlighting that. Yeah, and the, the, the second point, what, you, what you're mentioning, your brain, um, I completely agree on that as well, uh, where, where your personal 
development where your personal mindset is is so important it's 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 so important to have positive thoughts it sounds corny it's it sounds like a cliche uh but not having positive thoughts will not bring you far and when you 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 have your own business you see a lot of challenges and those challenges can turn easily into a problem if you don't if you don't uh, uh, take care mm-hmm. so only the fact that you don't think about the word problem and see them as the only in, in the words of challenge which is a more positive word uh, then i am very very certain and convinced that you will solve those problems when you have that positive mindset you can practically do everything in life Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're thinking in a negative way, it will it will drown you. It will take you to parts mm-hmm. where you don't want to be, and then you cannot enjoy those moments anymore. Right. Um, and that's not only looking to myself. If if I were to have negative thoughts only, uh, this would reflect on everything what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. what I'm discussing with my team members, what I'm sending to my customers when I talk to my customers there mm-hmm. will always be like a negative tone and that's not what i want not mm-hmm. for myself not for my friends and family and even not for my uh my my customers yeah? the, the the positive mindset is, is very important and yeah, mm-hmm. it starts i think by yourself looking to positive uh, mindset positive words um yeah and and reflecting and um relative uh, relativating things in life um, yep. as much as possible yeah and what you just said there kind of prioritizing those things and i'm sure you've realized this and this is true with anybody and i feel like like the the more successful you get and the more like especially with your business like you're going to notice that the the size of the problems that you have to, to solve and you'll have a better idea of like, what are the meaningful problems you need to solve? And like, what are the problems that don't really require time and energy and don't really require like you worrying about it. So yeah, I appreciate you highlighting that as well. So that's good. Yeah. 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 yeah, You're right. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned a good point of you appreciate things a little more when you run a business. So Tim and I each run our own business outside of this and you know, you think about when you get a little win finally, or the first time you get paid for your product or service. It's like when I was in corporate, now I could have a half-baked effort. I get paid the same, you know, I'm comfortable. Um, but when you're running your own thing, it's yeah, from time to the littlest of things. Oh, I figured out this problem. I got this win today. Um, or I learned something from this. No. And it's, you appreciate all the little details where it's, you know, a big, big wheel of a company. It's like, yeah, it's just another part of the day. Um, so I really connected with that on, on you appreciate things a whole lot more in and outside of the business. Yeah. 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 Truly spoken. Uh, I, uh, I feel exactly the same. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Tim, any other questions for Mark? I'm trying to think if I have one or two coming up on it. We've covered a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I appreciate Yeah. You've, uh, I've, I've asked all the questions that I want to, I feel like I've bombarded him with questions, but he's, I mean, we, we appreciate your insight and we've, we've loved the the conversation so far, but yeah, I'm, I'm good on my end in terms of like my questions. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, I want to make sure that if we didn't cover anything you want to, um, talk on, um, but we always kind of end our, our show with one question that we ask all our guests, but, um, you know, I want you to 
you know, plug anything else that maybe we didn't cover yet. Uh, something that you think our audience would really benefit from, especially entrepreneurs. We have a lot of entrepreneur listeners as well. So anything that we didn't hit on that you want to cover? Well, basically, I think we covered a lot of ground here and, mm-hmm. uh, and we, we touched base of a, a lot of topics. So, um, no, I'm, I'm good as well on, uh, on that. Awesome. And if, yeah. if, if there would be a need for more, uh, I'm always happy to, uh, to jump on another call with you guys because I really enjoyed talking to you. So yeah, yeah. yeah likewise. likewise. Yeah. We we've had part twos. We got people that they're yeah. going to do a part three. So yeah, we're, okay. you know, we're, we're podcast friends for life now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that but, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> but we always like to ask, um, our, our guests, how they want to be remembered. So when it's all said and done, you know, our time on earth is finished. How do you want people to remember you? Um, there are two things I think um, to separate here. Uh, remembered personally or remembered business-wise. Hmm. Um, getting, not getting mushy about it, but remembering in a personal way um, that my kids, um, my son sees that looks back to me as a caring father. And I uh, gave him a lot of love in, in his um, development and being able to, to give him the opportunity to become the, the person he wants to be in life. That's, I think, uh, a very important part yeah, of, of caring father. I think every, every parent uh, would have the same uh, feeling about that. Um, and that, that I'm, there for my kid in times uh, of need and yeah, whatever, of course. Um, and in terms of business, um, I would like to be remembered um, that we can give value to the customers that we yeah, that we provided them value um, in terms of the happiness for their kids and the the, the safe development. Although maybe it's it's a small part of the the the, the development, but that. We have contributed to uh, their happiness in their life. I think that's a very important aspect as well to be remembered of. Um, so yeah, the the, yeah, the value mm-hmm. to the customer and and the happiness uh, for their kids and what we can create. If it's a playset or maybe another product in in the future or service, doesn't mind as long as it's giving joy to their lives. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great, great answer. It's one of our favorite questions of every show because we hear just an array of, of beautiful answers, really. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, we appreciate your time. We know you're busy. You got a lot, a lot of things going on. But uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun for us. Glad you enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll definitely look forward to a part two for sure. Okay. Thank you uh, as well for uh, having this opportunity and for having me today. Yeah, I really absolutely. enjoyed talking to you guys. So up to uh, part two. Yes. <laughs> Thank right, you Mark. again for your time. Have a successful rest of your week. Thank you. You yep. also, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks, Bye-bye. you too. See you.